Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke Scary. I'm the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Look for AZ Adopt Podcast. So we started the agency almost 17 years ago. And yes, I still continue to answer the birth mother intake phone line, even after all these years. Uh, I receive phone calls, text messages, emails, all from pregnant women who are considering adoption but they often have concerns about whether or not they feel their baby is adoptable, that somebody will actually want to adopt their baby. And so I want to take this episode and really dedicate it to women who have those fears and those concerns to reassure them that yes, families are out there wanting to become parents. Yes. Your baby is very much wanted and you will have a family to families to choose from when it comes time to, to choose a family. So if adoption is on your mind and it's something you're looking into, but you're concerned, we'll go over some of those concerns that you may have in detail so that we can kind of walk you through and explain to you where a lot of the lines of thought are mm-hmm. and what's important to do when you're beginning your adoption plan. So some of the common concerns can range from drug use to medical concerns to congenital conditions. And so our goal in this podcast is really to help bring peace and comfort as you're embarking on your adoption journey, or maybe you've already started your adoption journey. When adoptive families come into the adoption program, they fill out a preference sheet, just like birth mothers fill out a preference sheet as to what type of family they would want. Adoptive families will go through and select what type of, you know, what to what degree they are comfortable with if there are, you know, if there's drug use involved prenatally, if there is, you know, any type of birth defects or congenital uh, disorders or mental health issues. And the reason that adoptive families fill this out is because they know what they're capable of and they know what their limitations are. So we want to make sure that we match accordingly Hmm. so that you have a family that is, it feels like they're very limited on, on what they can handle. You know, if there's, you know, potential future stressors or medical issues, they want to make sure that they're prepared and that they are ready to, to handle anything that comes their way. 
but yet knowing their own limitations is really effective because then there's no need for concern later on on their part as to whether or not they'd be able to parent a child with these issues. So we just want, you know, birth mothers to be as honest as possible so that we can make sure that we match them accordingly with families that are ready, willing, and wanting to adopt, you know, whatever issue there may be. So for an example, if a birth mother is on methadone, methadone exposure usually requires a baby to stay in the NICU for a few weeks after the baby is born because they have to go through withdrawals. And so the adoptive family will have to make uh, preparations to, you know, be at the hospital for a couple weeks and we're able to prepare them and educate them and, and, you know, so that they know what to expect when the baby is born. And it's not a surprise that, oh, the baby is going to stay at the hospital for the next, you know, two weeks or so. What are some of the effects of some other drugs that you've seen, for instance? Well, every drug carries its its own uh, battles, I would say, for a newborn. A lot of it will depend on how much of the substance the mother used. Okay. The baby's reaction to it. So if you have a an older, you know, a baby that's full term and the mom has some drug use, that baby may respond very differently than if you have a premature baby that had been exposed to drug use. So again, it's it's going to just play into it. So we get we have babies sometimes that that do have to stay in the NICU for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we do see methadone as, as one of those um, indicators. Another one that we see where drugs have the effect on a newborn that they do need to also stay in the hospital for a while, and that would be fentanyl. And I know that we've talked a lot about fentanyl in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as we are helping families understand what to expect and educating them, it's really important that we have all the information on behalf of the birth mother so that we can, again, prepare and educate the families And that way, everything is just a smooth transition as much as possible when they're in the hospital. That's something that once we have the knowledge of that a birth mother is is using something, again, we can handle it with the utmost care so that everybody understands what's happening. Are there more long-term effects from some of this that you know of? No, that is really, um, that's a good question, but it's one that I really don't have an answer for. Okay. Because... There are still so many studies out there that are trying to determine, you know, if there are long-term effects, what those are, who are they impacting, you know, what, again, there's so many combinations of, you know, somebody's DNA versus somebody else's DNA and how their body's responding to something versus another person responding to it. So I really don't have answers. And that's where we would defer to a medical professional. Okay. Mental illness is another factor that sometimes birth mothers are afraid that somebody may not want to. Uh, adopt their baby because they may have been diagnosed with a mental illness. And, you know, that can range from a bipolar diagnosis to a schizophrenia diagnosis. And they're worried that they may pass it along to the baby. And again, that is just something where as long as you're upfront and honest about it, then we make sure we find the right family that is equipped and willing and wanting to handle an issue like that. And we always can find families. Uh It's just having that information to do so. The universe works in mysterious ways. Uh I have had um, incredible matches in the past where we had a mom that was on heroin and she was very open and honest about it. And the adoptive mother, you know, as they're going through her pregnancy, the adoptive mother was talking with her and she had a lot of experience in dealing with 
some of her patients that had been exposed to heroin. So there was that connection there. Right. And felt very comfortable because she knew what to expect. So when you, when you see these these pieces that just go together perfectly like a puzzle, it's really neat to watch how somebody, you know, that may be concerned about something and their baby having something and yet they're matched with an adoptive family that is has a specialty or, you know, maybe um, they're concerned about their child being having a hearing issue and maybe the adoptive family is fluent sign language. Like you, those kind of things happen and it's really exciting. Absolutely. And we've talked before about how there's an entire agency that essentially, you know, does adoptions for kids with Down syndrome. Right. And right. there's always somebody out there who's prepared, who has the skill set and the knowledge to handle whatever it is. So they may have a personal connection, you know, with wanting to adopt a child that has Down syndrome. Maybe mm-hmm. they had a sibling growing up that had Down syndrome, or maybe they have spent their life um, volunteering in the Special Olympics. And, you know, there's so many, there's so many people out there that have these desires to really want to be that person for somebody else. And right. so, and I, I really, it's really fun to sit back and watch that. Birth defects, sometimes we know about them during the pregnancy, and sometimes, you know, there are surprises at delivery. One thing that adoptive families and birth families always need to remember is that, you know, we're talking about a life. We're talking Mm -hmm. about And when you are pregnant with a baby, you don't always know if there's going to be a surprise at delivery and there's going to be a challenge that you're not expecting. But if the adoptive mom was caring the baby and it was her own biological child and the baby had an unknown birth defect that showed up at delivery, uh, it would be the same as if it had been her own. And so, you know, we really try to prepare families for things like that because nobody knows what the future holds. So I think it's important to understand for birth mothers that even though a family is adopting and they did not biologically give birth to this child, they are still vested in love and emotion towards a child as if if they were carrying the baby. Now, I know that birth mothers have, you know, after or before the consents are signed, backed out and said, I've changed my mind. Have you ever had a adopting couple or adopting person say, this isn't, you know, like the baby comes out and there is something that they didn't know, they didn't foresee? Have they ever backed out and said, I can't handle this? Thinking back on 17 years, I think there was one situation where I can think of two situations. One where there was um, some extreme drug exposure that the mom came into the program very late, didn't have prenatal care, and she had much more drug exposure than was expected. Mm-hmm. And I do not remember if the family actually backed out. I don't believe they did. Um, but I know that they were very concerned and that was something that they were really worried about. That was unusual. Like I said, in 17 years, I can't remember a time where a family has done that. I've read stories online and I've talked to other agencies where they have had that happen. Hmm. Not common, very rare. I was going to say, I've never heard of it. and I haven't been in the field as long as you, but. Um, There was one situation that we had a long, a long time ago and we had knowledge of uh, the situation. It was where, Uh, there was an issue with the baby's brain and the two lobes connecting. And this was an incredible adoptive family. And the birth mother was very concerned because 
the prognosis of this baby could, you know, really deviate two ways. You know, the baby could have, you know, some challenges in life or the baby could have significant challenges later in life. And the adoptive family was so strong and so amazing, almost heroic in how they handled the situation. And, you know, they stood right by her and they kept telling her, you know, no matter what happens, we're here. This baby's part of our family. You're part of our family. And we're moving forward as a family. And this is, this is what's going to happen. And you don't need to worry. Let's just worry about the baby's health rather than the adoption. So no, I think it, I think it's very, very uncommon for a family to back out. What I have seen over the years is definitely when the baby has an unexpected issue and birth mothers for some reason seem less likely and more hesitant to actually place the baby for adoption because the baby is not healthy and the baby is, is maybe sick or something else. And they are less likely to place that baby for adoption. So if there was, you know, two birth mothers and one of the two birth mothers had a baby that wound up being, you know, sick at delivery, Mm -hmm. then I would be more worried about that mother placing than the other. Now, do you think that's because they're concerned that somebody else isn't going to take as good care of the baby as it grows or what's the reasoning for that? I think that is part of it. I think Mm -hmm. that they they do have concerns about that. I think they also feel like, you know, the baby is not doing well and they are concerned about handing the baby over because it wouldn't be them caring for the baby. So in essence, yes. Okay. Interesting. Um, They feel bad that something's wrong. Oftentimes they blame themselves and they, they feel like it's their fault. So if they then place that baby that they already feel bad, like they've done something to harm the baby, which isn't the case, but if, if they felt that way, then they'd be less likely to place the baby. It's really hard on everybody, I think, when a baby comes out and even us as an agency and as social workers to see, you know, a baby struggling or having challenges, you know, we're all vested in the well-being of that child. Right. And so it does really impact everybody. I mean, obviously not long term for the, our, our workers, but just watching the family and the birth mother go through it is really hard. So I think the answer to the question, though, will somebody want to adopt my baby if, is essentially yes. I mean, there's people out there that... Yes, the answer is yes. And if the baby has significant needs or challenges that we know about, yes, it may take a little bit longer for us to find the perfect family. Mm -hmm. But that's our job as an agency is to make sure we find the right family that is equipped willing and wanting to adopt this child, regardless of the challenges that they may face together. If you're pregnant and considering adoption, we are here for you and understand what you're going through. We've helped hundreds of women place their babies for adoption, and we want to help you as well. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112, or you can reach us on our toll-free number at 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan, or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. 
If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us. Birth Mother Matters and Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.